When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, healthcare, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement and financial future. Good news, you found the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. Grant is the founder of Dorhout Retirement Services, and he's been guiding people financially and into retirement for nearly 20 years. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Blueprint. And now, here are your hosts, Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. Good morning and welcome to the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the economic outlook for 2024. Are we seeing the light at the end of the tunnel? We'll find out. Also, 10 long-term investment strategies. In addition to that, is gold a good investment right now? And finally, five worthwhile retirement goals to work for in 2024. My name's Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom itself advice come from Grant Dorhout, founder and wealth advisor of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. Happy New Year, Grant. How's the year treating you so far? Happy New Year to you, Jeff. It's going well so far. We've had some some really nice things right at the end of the year and right at the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have Haley on the radio show like we had last week, but, uh, <laughs> okay. but but it'd be nice if I could see her come in here. I just don't think that's going to happen again this week. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with uh, Haley on the program. Maybe she'll come back at some point in time. She was a, a real joy to work with, and I can see why she's your your little princess. Yeah, she's uh, she's pretty awesome. I could tell she was a little bit nervous, and she she when you sent it to me that this was going to happen, and uh, yeah. and then I told Haley. She said, "I don't know. I I don't think I'm going to sound very good on the radio." I said, you're going to sound just fine. I think people will like hearing from you. I like hearing from you every day as well. So I'd like to have her again on sometime, but I, I don't think that that'll happen this week. And I'm positive we're not going to get my sons on here anytime no. soon. That's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll leave that to uh, dad being on the radio. Anyway, we're glad that everybody joined us here for our radio program. Here we are together again. It is January the 6th. According to my calendar, we have really most of the year ahead of us here. So I want you to write down this number because you are going to need it. If you'd like to get 2024 off to the right start, call this number 402-281-0750 and request your Peace in Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. And we'll be reminding you later on in the program more about that. Okay, Grant, the Fed Chair Jerome Powell seems to have uh, reached the end of his rate hiking cycle here. U.S. economy appears poised for a gentle 2024 with forecast of declining inflation, interest rate cuts, and only a slight uptick in unemployment. So what do you make of that in terms of what Chair Powell can do in these interest rate cuts for 2024? Will we indeed have these interest rate cuts? And is there a possibility that maybe inflation is just going to be too stubborn and we won't have any cuts? And conversely, we might have rate hikes. Yeah, I don't see any rate hikes anytime soon. I, I actually, for quite some time, for several months, I've been saying, you know, I don't see that we're going to drop rates dramatically until later on this year. That was my opinion. I, I'm softening on that stance. I do believe that we're going to see some of these rate decreases. I think that could come much sooner, probably ha- midway through the year. I don't think we're going to see anything in the first couple months, though. I know that inflation has softened. 3.1% in November is still above what we want. So so we still have some work to do. That's where I'm thinking we don't need to cut rates yet. Uh, I don't believe that there's anything from an economic standpoint that's going to force the Fed into acting in that way. I could see it happening maybe in a few months, but it's definitely not going to happen in the first quarter. That's in my opinion. I could be dead wrong. And if I am, I'll, uh, I'll mention that on the air if it happens sooner than that. I just don't think that it's there's no, nothing really to force them into that. If we were, you know, in a situation where, you know, inflation year over year was at 2% and we were starting to have some real economic headwinds and the, and the stock market was suffering, if we were having all kinds of issues, then at that point, I'd say, yeah, we're very, very close to having rate decreases, but those things just aren't happening. They're just not true. So I think we got a little bit of work to do yet before uh, before we're going to see some rate decreases. And and most of the retirees that we work with that are dealing in CDs or uh, in any fixed rate environment, whether it be in a structured note or annuities or anything like that, they really like hearing that, that we're probably not going to decrease rates anytime soon. I do think that you know you might you might start looking at the fourth of July that it's going to be a different interest rate environment. Definitely not by the the first of February. Well, the Fed's inflation target, as we have uh, spoken about before here in the radio program, it is two point zero percent. But as you said, three point one percent is what they're reporting to us right now. 
and the high was around 9.1%. And as I said, that's Mm -hmm. what they're reporting to us right now. Do you feel that we're not getting the complete truth that inflation was actually higher than that and is higher than that right now? That's a little bit loaded, and it's also loaded with who's listening to this program. Because if you have someone my age, 43 years old, with three kids and a wife, and we got two of them going through private Christian education, our inflationary outlook is is atrocious versus if you look at what we're spending money on versus what a retiree is spending money on. If you look at what's happened over the last two years in terms of Social Security increases as well as what they spend money on, they've actually been able to get ahead a little bit. It's not dramatic. Someone on the on the radio that's listening to this right now is saying, no way, I'm not getting ahead. However, if you actually look at the numbers nationwide for seniors, it actually is looking a little bit better than someone in my age range because... You know, I have a son that he, the other day I was going to the grocery store and he says, hey, can you get me some Apple Jacks? I can't believe how much that cereal is costing now. That's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. it's not going to come down. Once it gets up there, it's not going to go down. I've, I've heard that for many years when we were on the farm, you know, these costs of inputs and everything that, you know, once it gets up there, it doesn't come down. And that's the same thing that you're going to see in the grocery aisle. You're, I think you're, you might have a slowing of how much it's going to go up. But you're not going to see all of a sudden getting back to $3 boxes of cereal at hy V. It's just not in the cards. It's a big thing in terms of inflation and how you look at it. And, and there's been so many ways that these numbers have been changed that do I think that they're lying to us? No, I'm not saying that. However, when you look at how much things are costing someone in my age range, uh, yeah, I mean, the, these numbers don't make sense. If you look at 3.1% year over year, I go to the grocery store now and I, I don't need a cart to go to the car with, with $100 of groceries. Oh, I can no. just carry them out. So, well, those little hand baskets, you put 100 bucks in there. It, it is amazing. When you start looking at how much things have gone up, I got to feed a 15-year-old kid that is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's always hungry and he works out a lot. And uh, same with my my 12-year-old, you know, he's working out and he's always hungry and it's not their fault. But I mean, this doesn't make sense. You know, you start looking at 3%, not in my grocery list. So <laughs> uh, I think that there's a, there's a lot more going into it. And it just depends on where you're spending your money. And, and that's going to change how you look at inflation. And for the average retiree grant, I mean, someone who's in their 60s right now, inflation certainly has had an effect on their buying power. Mm-hmm. But when you look at their investment strategy, how do you handle inflation when it's been up so high, it's come back down? We're still not sure where it's going to go. We certainly are not going to see you know, inflation at 0% anymore. How do you handle planning for someone's retirement portfolio when you figure in that we just don't know about inflation? That's a great point, Jeff. I had someone in my office not that long ago It was baffling to me a little bit because he was saying, you know, hey, I need $90,000 or whatever the number was. I think it was 90 or $100,000 per year. And you don't need to worry about inflation. I'll just be frugal and I'll just I'll just make sure that I only live on that. Well, what do you do when you need to buy food? I only budgeted X amount for food this month and I went through that in two weeks instead of four. Because uh, that will happen. So what do you think we should do? He was pretty stubborn with me on that one that that he didn't think that we needed to include inflation. But when we start looking at this, if you need $100,000 now, if we run this out, you look 20 years from now, I mean, you're you're over $200,000. I mean, this is, that's probably what's going to happen. Now, the argument is going to be, well, yeah, but once you're my parents' age, 80, well, dad, in a, a week and a half, he'll be 83 and mom in a couple months, she'll be 81. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've gotten into the no-go years where they're not doing as many things. They're not going to Arizona this year like they always did. So that's a, a cost cutting piece and whatnot. But what I want to do is I don't want to plan on someone getting to the point of doing nothing in retirement. I don't want to plan for that at age 80. So we're going to actually run that inflation on the investments or on the income. We're going to run that through the rest of their life all the way out to age 100. Let's say if I have someone that is 85 and still active, I want to make sure that uh, my retirement plan can support that. And that way they don't have to all of a sudden make these cuts in retirement because the plan didn't figure for it. So when we figure it at two and a half percent all years, all the way through age 100, if you have someone that's 55 or 60 years old, you're looking at 40 to 45 years of inflation on that income. And your social security isn't going to go up at two and a half percent. We can't figure on that, even though we've we've seen a couple nice increases in the last couple of years. Well, that's because inflation was so high. We don't want that to be that high. So if you look historically, we're much more comfortable looking at increasing the Social Security at one and a half. 
well, then that puts more stress on your portfolio to be able to make up that difference. And that might not sound like much, 2.5% inflation versus 1.5% inflation. But you start compounding that, you look at how a snowball rolls down a hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger exponentially. That 1% difference is huge throughout retirement. So we have to figure on it throughout the entire retirement, at least 2.5% inflation. If you're not, I think you're making a big mistake because I, I think you're going to have a, a big surprise later on in retirement. We're talking with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services. Our program is called The Retirement Blueprint, and we're talking about the outlook for 2024. Grant, I've saved the elephant in the room for last. We have an election year here in 2024. Mm -hmm. How do you think that that is going to play out insofar as the markets go, considering that this is uh, pretty much uh, the most tumultuous election that I have ever seen in my life? Yeah, it probably will be. I think there's probably going to be a lot of social unrest. Again, I don't think it's going to be like 2020. At least I really hope it's not going to be like 2020 with the way things got in our nation. There was there was so much hatred, uh, so much hatred from all groups. It was just it, it was really, really difficult uh, that time. But, you know, when you look at this election year, try and take a step back and, and analyze from a market standpoint. I had two people last weekend at a family function. Uh, one of them I, I hadn't seen in years. It was for my parents' 60th wedding anniversary celebration. Mm -hmm. uh, he asked what I was doing down in Omaha now. And I said I was financial advisor still. And he said, oh, good luck next year. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, oh, this next year, I mean, the market's going to be terrible. It's election year. And I said, whoa, 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 how'd you get there? <laughs> that, that's not what the actual numbers suggest. We actually look from a market standpoint. I don't believe it's going to be as good as 2023 was, but I think we're still going to be in a, in a bullish environment. It's not going to be like, oh, get as aggressive as you possibly can. And if you can't stomach a few bumps in the road, then you shouldn't be in the market anyway. But I do think it's going to be a positive year in 2024. Now, what can change that? What's going to happen in Gaza? What's going to happen in Ukraine? What mm -hmm. other wars could potentially be started? And then you start looking at, with Biden being our president, you know, what other news stories are going to come out with him and his son? Could that affect our market? It could. So insulate yourself accordingly. However, another one is, you know, if Donald Trump is the nominee versus if it's Ron DeSantis or, or someone else, that could change a lot uh, in our environment with how things look, just with how people are going to react emotionally. So if you look fundamentally, I think we're, we're in a good spot from the market standpoint, but a lot of things could come up. So make sure that your plan is nimble and it can change and that you don't have to be stuck to one thing for the entire year unless it's something that's more secure. If you got something that's in the market, that's okay, but just make sure that you you can be nimble in the market as these challenges come along. Yeah, and I think that is the the key. Like you said, it's being nimble so that you can make some changes if necessary. But I think, you know, taking a cautious long-term approach to uh, finances in 2024 and beyond is the key. We're talking with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. And Grant, I know that our listeners listening to the program today probably will want to sit down with you and ask you their questions about their individual situation in 2024, what they should do with their money to make it grow, to keep it as secure as it can possibly be, and create a path towards retirement. Well, we've got an answer for you. You can get your no cost, no obligation, and no judgment Dorhout Retirement Services Retirement Blueprint. And it is no cost and no obligation for that. How do you get it? Very simple. You call this number, 402-281-0750. You can do it this weekend if you want. Simply call that number, leave your name, telephone number, and uh, I think Lisa will give you a call back next Monday or as soon as she possibly can and get you in to see Grant. Now, you're not going to have to wait for months in order to see Grant. We do have some appointments available for you much sooner than later. So if getting ahead in 2024 is on your mind, you'd like to get it off to a good start, you want to do something right now, call 402-281-0750 and request your retirement blueprint. You can also request it online, no cost and no obligation, at DorhoutRetirementServices.com. That's D-O-R-H-O-U-T, RetirementServices.com. Want more talk about sustaining your wealth and thriving in a retirement that could last 30-plus years? Stay tuned for more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout after this. You can't start a trip you've never taken without a plan. And you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely. To request your no-cost, no-obligation Dorhout Retirement Roadmap, call 402-281-0750. 
or request it online at dorhoudretirementservices.com. Now back to more of Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shade. We appreciate you listening to us on the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout here on News Talk 1290 Coil. We're here for you every week for your fiscal fitness and your financial education. This is our first show of 2024. If you missed part of the show, you can hear it as a podcast. Just simply go to wherever you get your podcast, search for the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so you can stay on top of your retirement journey. In this segment, Grant, I want to talk about some long-term investing strategies that advisors love. Now, not every advisor may love all of these strategies, but I think really the takeaway is that uh, investors are really looking for their financial advisors or planners to have what I will call sort of a thought partnership to make wise investment decisions. So with that in mind, let's talk about some of these investment strategies. And I'm, I'm going to start off here with starting with a comprehensive financial plan. Okay, there are financial plans and then there are comprehensive financial plans. Grant, what is a comprehensive financial plan? That's a good one. I had someone in my office not that long ago. They were with uh, a different brokerage. Uh, I asked them what was going on with their money, what where they were taking their income from, and they really had no idea. Uh, they just handed everything over. They had several million dollars. I won't tell the exact dollar amount, but it's several million dollars. And they really had no idea. Uh, they had pretty good pensions and they were withdrawing a, a large sum every single month. They didn't know if it was coming from Roth IRA, from non-qualified, from IRA. They didn't really know any tax planning. They weren't doing any tax planning. So that right there, what I just described, is not a comprehensive financial plan. They had no clue any part of it that was going on. And we ended up getting further and further into it. And he said to me, I am convinced completely that we have to do this. We have no plan at this point and we need a plan. We need to satisfy this goal. And what we went through with them is the, if you look at my card, it shows peace in retirement. And on the back of my card, it shows the five different plans that we go through with people. First off, the protected income. Looking at how to generate an income in a reliable way throughout retirement is extremely important. That's the only way that we can figure these things out for inflation and get you through that retirement in that reliable way. The second part is the E, this efficient tax strategies. It doesn't make sense to pay more tax right now before 2026 comes around. Does that make sense or does it not? How do we get this done in an efficient way so that we are maximizing our tax benefits inside of our plan, whether it be utilizing Roth IRA, traditional IRA, or some non-qualified assets? Which non-qualified assets should we even own? Uh, the third one is A, and that's accumulation. How do we have a investment plan put together that allow you to sleep at night, that you can be confident in, that you know that it's going to get you the growth that you need, but you can also sleep at night, that you're not worried about 2024 and the election year and that, oh my goodness, what's going to happen with the market? Do I pull all my money out of the market and just sit on the sidelines and see what happens and then regret it if the market goes up five or six or 7% this year? That's not a good accumulation plan. That's a good investment plan, in my opinion. You got to allow assets to do what they were intended to do. And when you do those things, you will, you'll get a much better sleep pattern. I can assure you of that. The fourth one is C, that's complete control of healthcare. What pot of money are we going to have that is going to pay for healthcare events that are inevitably going to come up for the majority of people? Maybe they're not going to happen for you. I sure hope that my parents don't have it the way that my grandparents had. However, we have a pot of money that's set aside to pay for these expenses if they need home health care or assisted living or full-blown nursing care in a skilled nursing facility. We got to have something that's going to pay for that rather than just saying, I'm going to self-insure because you're not actually insuring yourself. You're going to fund it yourself. So you got to have that dedicated pot of money for those particular expenses. And then the last one is E and that's estate. Estate planning is, is very important. How are we going to get these assets where you want them to go when you're gone in a tax efficient way or in an efficient way, period? Is it going to go to a church or a charity or is it going to go to your kids? Or do you want to have generation skip trusts where it's going to go past your kids and down to your grandkids? Should some go in all of these areas? Those things are very important. We help with all of those different plans with every single one that comes into our office. So an advisor who says, well, I just sell stocks and bonds or I only deal with annuities and insurance companies 
company products. Those are not comprehensive advisors. I call those limited scope advisors. And as mm-hmm. you said there, Doorhout Retirement Services, your peace and retirement blueprint involves a lot more than just those things. So I think that's our first tip here for investing strategies uh, for 2024 and beyond is to start with a comprehensive financial plan. Now, the next one talks about exchange-traded funds. Tell me a little bit more about ETFs. It seems that most of the advisors that I speak with some way or another have ETFs involved in a lot of people's portfolios. Yeah, a lot of advisors are starting to use them more and more. I believe actually about 90% of financial planners recommend some form of an exchange-traded fund. Now, the benefits of looking at an exchange-traded fund is it can help you with diversification, but it can also help you with expenses. Now, let me explain what I mean there. Jeff, if you look inside of a mutual fund and you find out what all of the costs are, including the transactional costs, the 12B1 fees, which includes your management costs, admin costs, all of those things, they get very, very expensive. On top of that, inside of a mutual fund, you have your expense ratio. Now, let's say if you have an expense ratio of 0.9%. Well, that's right off the top. Let's say 0.9% is for them to manage the money and then they're going to buy and sell things on your behalf inside of that mutual fund. They don't have to call you or ask you if if you want them to because that's their management piece. The transactional costs internally, that can rack up additional expenses and then you have your advisor fee on top of it. Well, if you look at utilizing a exchange traded fund, the benefits are it is going to trade like a stock and it's going to have some of the diversification of a mutual fund. What I mean by that is if you take out an S&P 500 ETF, exchange-traded fund, well, you're going to have some diversification there because you're following several hundred companies. Whereas inside of a mutual fund, they're going to hold a bunch of different assets as well. So what we will do is we'll utilize exchange-traded funds and you package them together. And if you package them together properly, you can match some of the, the diversification that you get inside of the mutual fund that you like. But if you look at expense ratios, you're about a tenth of the cost on the expense ratio inside of an exchange traded fund versus inside of a mutual fund. And depending on how you are set up, the way we're set up here is at Charles Schwab, we have no trade costs. So if we have a rebalancing inside of our models, it's going to trade and it's going to buy and sell things inside of there, but it doesn't cost our clients anything additionally when they rebalance or when they actively are managed inside of a tactical model that we have. So an exchange traded fund, you can get some of the diversification of the mutual fund that people typically are looking for, but it's going to be at a much reduced cost. And we compare that for people all the time. And it's pretty much always the case that the, that the ETF models or the stock models we use are drastically cheaper than a mutual fund. So we, we love using ETFs. Great way to diversify your portfolio. We're talking about long-term investment strategies with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. The next one is alternatives, alternative investments. Grant, can you give me some examples of what some alternative investments would be? Yeah, I was actually talking with one of my friends last week. We were at their house in Sioux Falls and he was bringing up one of his classmates uh, that he, he wasn't what you would say, he wasn't top of the class from a grade standpoint, I'll say, <laughs> okay. but he he did latch on to Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. That is okay. one aspect that you can use. You could utilize cryptocurrencies as an alternative investment. Very risky aspect of it is I've met with people before that their husband, I remember this woman specifically, she came to me off of a dinner seminar. Her husband purchased a bunch of Bitcoin. Uh, she came in to me and she said, hey, I don't have his password and he didn't actually name me as the beneficiary. What do I do to get this in my name? Well, unfortunately for her, in that particular instance, there was nothing that she could do. Those monies were gone, and that that was a very unfortunate uh, situation. So you gotta be careful with it, but it is an alternative that you could utilize. Uh, you could utilize real estate, obviously, but you can utilize real estate in the form of a Delaware statutory trust if you don't want to be a landlord anymore, but you still wanna maintain that basis that you had, and maybe you wrote off your property and you, you depreciated it all the way down to zero. Well, if you did that and you don't want to pay the tax, a a viable option if you don't want to be a landlord anymore and you don't want to pay the tax now is to utilize a Delaware statutory trust. We also like utilizing structured notes. Those are several different ways that you can get some alternatives in there, uh, including real estate investment trusts. You could get into a REIT as well. Be careful with those. When you start getting into a REIT, there could be very, very high expenses and very, very little recourse for lack of return if you get in the wrong one. So a lot of different alternatives 
alternatives. I could talk about alternatives for quite some time, but those are just some examples that you have. And again, that's what a comprehensive advisor does is talk about the things that you're talking about here on the radio show today. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services, investment strategies for the long term. The next one is to diversify abroad. And by that, I would imagine you mean other countries. What other countries are we talking about here? Yeah, you're going to be looking abroad, but you're going to be careful with where you're going to be. And that's where we start looking. Do we want to be in Europe? Do we want to have some uh, some exposure there? Yeah, uh, we do want to have some exposure there. But you're going to look at emerging markets versus developed markets. And if you look at I believe Vanguard back in 2021 came out with a projection looking at the next decade, I think is the number that they were looking at over the next 10 years, they anticipated that U.S. stocks are going to yield less by about 3% than looking at more emerging market stocks. So you wanna have some exposure, you wanna temper how much you have because look at a couple of years ago, I believe in 2020, there were certain things in China that people couldn't even purchase and now right. with Russia invading Ukraine, then that gets banned. So you gotta be careful with which market you get into, but yes, I believe it is important to have some exposure, but I would maintain the majority of your exposure to be in United States markets if I'm looking at a retiree right now and I say, well, yeah, we, we might get two or 3% more if we invest abroad. Well, there's a lot more uncertainty that can happen in those markets versus the United States stock market. So I'm going to still have the majority of it held here, regardless of being able to earn a little bit more yield. So that's why you're probably going to be looking at somewhere around 15% of someone's portfolio that could be invested outside of our borders with 85% having the exposure in the United States. Well, considering the geopolitical events that are happening right now, possibly, you know, investing abroad might be something that you would consider, but it may not be at the top of the list right now. I'm going to wrap up this segment right now we are talking about staying diversified that is always a very good long-term strategy isn't it oh yeah absolutely i i would go further than that though because that's a buzzword that i hear quite a bit the diversification that we use as well however what does that mean to each advisor and some people might be listening to this saying doesn't diversification mean the exact same thing for everyone? No, it absolutely doesn't. Because if you get into a 60-40 type portfolio, let's say you're you're at a big box store here in Omaha and they say, you know what, I want 60% stocks and 40% bonds. If that 40% bonds, they're going to balance out your portfolio. It's going to create a little bit of income. Well, what if that income isn't enough for what you need? And what if it's also inside of a bond mutual fund that's going to buy and sell on your behalf? And then if if we have something like 2022 happen where stocks and bonds decreased, well, you saw a significant decrease in the bonds value in 2022 and 2023 because interest rates went up so high so fast. Well, that type of thing isn't something that I want a lot of exposure to for a lot of my clients. We do have some exposure to bonds, but we're not going to have it as a cornerstone. A lot of times people think of, I'm going to, as I get older, I'm going to shift from stocks into bonds. Well, what if interest rates go up and I'm stuck holding a bond that's maybe 2% when I'm in a 4 or 5% interest rate environment like today? That's where you'll utilize other types of investments. And I do maintain diversification, but you're not going to just utilize equities for that. You're going to utilize other types of insurance products that are going provide some more security in that realm than a bond could. We're talking about long-term investment strategies with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services. Grant, I want to continue this conversation in our next segment because I've got a couple of other things I want to throw out at you. But in the meantime, you're listening to the program today and you desire to have a long-term investment strategy that's going to carry you through not only 2024, but the years beyond that too. You're a member of retirement that could last 30 years. All you've got to do is call Grant right now and request your no-cost, no-obligation retirement blueprint. That number to call 402 now, you can do it right now. You can do it today. While you're thinking about it, get 2024 off to the right start by making that call, 402-281-0750. And Lisa will set you up with an appointment uh, with Grant to get your questions answered. And we'll uh, squeeze you in a lot sooner than you think at Doorhout Retirement Services. And again, the fellow that you hear on the radio today is the fellow that you'll be talking to. You're not going to be setting up an appointment with Grant and go and speak with somebody else. And then for a follow-up appointment, it's somebody else yet again. The guy you're hearing on the radio today is the guy that will carry you through your retirement plan. Again, no cost, no obligation for this whatsoever. Just a friendly conversation to get your questions answered. 402-281-0750. You can also request your complimentary plan online at doorhoutretirementservices.com. D-O-R-H-O-U-T retirementservices.com. 
Want more talk about sustaining your wealth and thriving in a retirement that could last 30 plus years? Stay tuned for more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout after this. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Retirement Blueprint with your financial Sherpas, Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. We're so glad you decided to join us here for the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services. Once again, if you're just joining us, you've missed any part of the program where you want to hear us all over again. We're also a podcast. Simply go to wherever you get your podcast, search for the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so you can stay on top of your journey towards your retirement. Once again, our telephone number, 402-281-0750. You got questions of Grant, you want to talk about your individual situation, you want to get your piece in Retirement Blueprint. Again, no cost, no obligation, 402-281-0750. Call it this weekend. You can also request it online at DoorHoutRetirementServices.com. Grant, before we went to the break in the last segment, we were talking about long-term investment strategies that'll take us not only through 2024, but hopefully through the rest of our retirement. And we really couldn't complete this particular segment without talking about taxes. Don't forget about the taxes, a very important thing to consider in your retirement portfolio. Oh, absolutely. We, I have a client of mine right now that uh, I think it was last week she called in and she said, hey, uh, my CPA told me that I had $47,000 that uh, they had on a property that they purchased down in Missouri. Long story short, about $47,000 over a 20-year period that they could write off. So he said, yeah, go ahead and do some Roth conversion on that amount because you're, you're not really going to see any impact in your taxes. And I said, hey, if your CPA says go ahead and do it, we're totally fine with it. So we ended up processing that for them. Uh, she called in on December 26th and so that we could get that done for them before the end of the year. So from a tax standpoint, make sure that you're taking advantage of those things, those some of those offsets that you can get get creative. Uh, I'm not saying get really creative. I'm saying get creative with the help of your CPA, with the help of your tax preparer, because they're going to be the one that that is going to to sign your tax return. I tell people that all the time, that we're, we do a lot of tax planning with people, but I'm not the one doing your taxes, and I'm not the one that's going to sign your tax return and stand up for it. So make sure that they are going to sign off on it. And if people need some ideas on that stuff, they want to get going on that right at the beginning of the year right now, then we can help people with that, that, hey, are you thinking about these aspects? Do you have your own business? What type of business? Do you have anything that could qualify as business? Well, do you do you have anything in your house that might be considered a home office? There are a myriad of ways that you can that you can start looking at it from that standpoint. Tax loss harvesting is going to be a big one inside of people's portfolio that I I see get missed quite a bit. We do this with every single person that comes in here new. We actually run their previous two years of tax returns through Holistic Plan, and we're going to show them where they might have some additional opportunity that they've maybe missed over the last couple of years to get them some additional tax benefits, whether it be someone that is you know, giving money to a charity, but they're also taking required minimum distributions. Well, how are you taking that money? Is it the most efficient way possible? That's a simple one, but we see that it gets missed quite a bit by other advisors. That's just a simple thing that we can point out. We can help anyone with that if they want us to. And Grant, I want to wrap up our conversation here about long-term investment strategies and talk about annuities. I mean, some people say, I hate annuities. You should too. Other people like annuities. I mean, this is a, a very controversial topic. So let's address annuities and whether or not that they are right for the people listening to us today. And annuity is not right for everybody, right? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, no product is, no investment is right for everybody. And that, that's what I, I get bugged on the, on the radio sometimes when I hear people say, uh, they talk to hundreds of thousands of people on the radio. I've heard a guy for years, I really enjoy a certain aspect of what he does, but the way that he talks about investing, you can't tell 200,000 people that, hey, you all should be in this type of investment and just stay in it throughout all retirement because it's just not right. It's not appropriate to say that one size fits all people in all ways. Annuities fall into that as well. It's, it is an asset that we do utilize when it's appropriate because you're going to looking, be looking at it uh, for more security and predictable income. That's the way that we always are going to look at annuities. If someone is, let's say, in a CD uh, and they want to compare a five-year CD to a five-year fixed multi-year guarantee annuity, which looks a lot like a CD, in all likelihood going to get an enhanced rate of return on that annuity versus inside of the, the CD. So you'll look at that for safer growth or more predictable growth. If you look at an annuity, if you're trying to satisfy an income, anyone that says, I hate annuities and they have a pension, I get really confused <laughs> immediately <Right>. because... <laughs> 
Well, your pension is nothing more than an annuity payment. My brother, he's going to retire here in a couple months. He's 54 years old. He's going to get a, a, a payment from IPERS for the rest of his life. It's basically an annuity payment. So looking at pensions, if someone has, let's say, $50,000 in Social Security, and they have $100,000 as their income need throughout retirement, if they took some of it and allocated it towards an annuity, that's going to pay them a pension payment. Basically, it's an annuity payment. But if we said, hey, you know what, this looks just like a pension, and it's going to pay you $50,000 per year for the rest of your life, and then you're going to satisfy your income goal of $100,000 per year, and then we invest the other part in the market, we don't have to be so bent out of shape if the market goes up and down then. We can take different risks in the market, and that's what we like. We like to have the ability to be nimble in the market, like I talked about earlier, but making sure that your income is taken care of from a different source is going to be key, in my opinion. So we utilize annuities and that way as well. But we don't use annuities with every single one of our clients. It's some of them we do, some of them we don't. It just depends on what the need is. And when we speak with people about these things, there's guys in town that they have dinner seminars where they say, hey, the market is horrible and you should just come buy an annuity from me. That's horribly inappropriate in my opinion, because I can't stand up in front of everyone and say, this is the only thing for you. I can say though, all of these things are a piece to the puzzle potentially for people if it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, if it's annuities, if it's life insurance, all of these things have a place. And it just depends on what type of a goal someone is is trying to accomplish. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here at Dorhout Retirement Services about long-term investment strategies on our radio program. And while these uh, investment strategies that we've talked about are not exhaustive, they're really just intended to establish a framework for a deeper level of customization for your own investment consideration and your financial goals. So if you would like to talk about your investment strategy that's going to take you through 2024 and beyond, again, we invite you to call Grant there at Doorhout Retirement Services. That number, 402-281-0750. What are you waiting for? It's the beginning of 2024. You got the rest of the year ahead of you. Why not get it off to a good start by sitting down and having a casual conversation with Grant at Doorhout Retirement Services? Maybe there's some blind spots in your portfolio that when addressed could make your retirement plan better. Again, no cost, no obligation for this whatsoever. 402-281-0750 is the number to call for your Peace in Retirement Blueprint. You can also request it online at DoorHoutRetirementServices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, RetirementServices.com. Grant, we get questions here on the radio show quite regularly, and I want to bring one up to you that is a general question that we get sometimes, and it is about gold, and I'm going to throw in cryptocurrency to this too. The question we always get is, gold a good investment right now? What would be your response to that? I'm not going to put a majority of someone's portfolio in gold. I, I, I will say that flat out. You can, if someone wants some exposure to precious metals, it's typically not going to be in your retirement assets. I did have someone a while back, he told me he took all of his money out of his IRA and he put right. it all into gold. And I asked him why he would do that. And it was very apparent that he got wrapped up emotionally in some of the, the news headlines and what people were putting out there for him. I don't believe that you should put the majority of anything in, in any one part. That Personally, that's just my opinion. Uh, but from a gold standpoint, no, I'm not looking at, at putting a significant amount in gold. I'll typically say, why do we want to have the gold? If they're looking at it from an investment standpoint, just look at the historical. Look at how much it's gone up on average. Yes, I, I've seen the spikes, and uh, but you're not going to see a reliable return over a long period of time because it might stay the same price for a year or even drop. And someone can say, well, yeah, you can see that in the stock market as well. Yes, you can. However, you look historically and we're in a spot where it's, it's going to be better for people, in my opinion, to utilize other types of investments versus utilizing gold. If you want to have some, again, just manage the expectation. Don't put too much in it. Well, I think uh, possessing those gold bars is kind of fun to feel them and hold them and touch them and that sort of thing. But I do think that this form of holding gold is also the most expensive because there are premiums associated with each coin or bar in addition to the cost of mm -hmm. storage and insurance on those. I mean, when you buy a gold bar from somebody, probably going to pay a little bit more than what it's worth because the broker's got to make money. And consequently, the other way around, when you sell it, you know, they're not going to give you what it's worth either. And when you think about the end of times, I mean, I've said this before, you know, if you've got bullets and food and all that sort of thing, and I've got gold bars, I think you're going to be the, the uh, winner there. So consider that when you're talking about gold and uh, silver. What about cryptocurrency? Do people still ask you about cryptocurrency? 
yes, Bitcoin, I get asked about it quite a bit. I'm not going to suggest that people go into it. There's just so many variables that you can't predict, you can't control. And since we can't predict or control them, I don't like it for any significant portion of a retirement asset in which we have to predict what's going to happen and control and protect someone maybe for the next 30 or 40 years. Having that those assets in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, any, any cryptocurrency, it's fine to have some, again, someone wants to speculate with it, that's totally fine. I would point you to some of the, the marijuana stocks from a couple of years ago that people got kind of wrapped up in and, uh, and they thought that was going to be a great idea and a great deal. However, looking at what that's done uh, from something that they couldn't predict or control, I don't like that for a lot of people's retirement assets as well. So looking at Bitcoin, looking at uh, cryptocurrencies, I'm not a fan. Uh, if I have a client that wants to deal in that, that's totally fine. I would tell them, hey, don't put more than 5% of your net worth in there. So if someone's got $2 million, I wouldn't have even close to $100,000 in a cryptocurrency. That's that's my preference because then I can rein things into a spot where I can make it more predictable if we don't go having 25% of someone's portfolio in something that we really don't know what it's going to do. Uh, I understand the argument of, you know, hey, there's going to be X amount of million Bitcoin that are ever going to be mined out there. Uh, and then at that point, it's going to skyrocket in value. Okay, that is true, potentially. However, if you look at it, what's the backing of that? The only right. backing that I've ever seen on Bitcoin is that someone else is willing to buy it for more than I paid for it. I'll have people talk about it. I'm okay with people doing some of it. Just don't go nuts with it. Yeah, cryptocurrency still rather mysterious to me. I don't understand it completely. As you said, what's backing it? I don't understand what drives the price of it up and down. I know that some people have made some money with it, but I also know that some people have lost a lot of money with it too. So tread carefully when it comes to cryptocurrency. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services in Omaha. Our program is called The Retirement Blueprint Now. What can you do to affect your retirement in 2024 and beyond? Well, I think it is to get yourself a comprehensive retirement plan or maybe a retirement reality check. Maybe you want to find out where you are with your retirement. Is it as good as it could be? Well, if you want the answers to those questions, simply give Grant a call there at the office, 402-281-0750. If you've got a retirement plan from someplace else, it's always worthwhile to get a second set of eyes on things because, you know, he may find something that somebody else may skip completely. Once again, no cost, no obligation for this, just a friendly conversation, a chance for you to sit down with Grant and ask your questions and get the answers that you need. Once again, that number 402-281-0750, no cost, no obligation. You can also request your Peace and Retirement Blueprint online at DoorHoutRetirementServices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, RetirementServices.com. Want more straight talk and honest answers about your wealth management and retirement journey? Stay with us. There's more Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout here. We're back with more strategies for a successful retirement. This is the Retirement Blueprint. Once again, here's Grant Dorhout and Jeff Shea. Happy New Year. You probably heard that a few times uh, between now and about a week ago, but nevertheless, we're glad you could join us here on the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout. We certainly hope that you have a happy 2024, and we invite you to stay tuned and listen to us every week at 11 o'clock right here on News Talk 1290. Coil for your fiscal fitness, your financial education. We have sincere and actionable ideas that we'll be talking to you about every week to get you through your retirement journey. In this particular segment, Grant, I want to talk about five worthwhile retirement goals to work towards in 2024. First of all, from a general standpoint, let's define goal. What exactly that is? Yeah, we're just looking at a focused action step, really. I mean, it's going to help you build retirement security. It's going to help you achieve the retirement that you want. How do we get this all put together when we look at that peace and retirement process, when we talk about the PEACE, -E, the different plans that you put together? That's a very focused action step that we know exactly what all of these assets are doing for us. Those dollars are all standing up and screaming for us that this is exactly what I'm doing for you. I'm getting you the income you need for life, or I'm growing throughout retirement and you're accumulation plan, or I'm going to take care of your health care. All of those things are very focused in nature. If you don't 
have everything doing exactly what it's supposed to do, you're going to have an issue. If you're kind of haphazardly saying, you know what, I have a million dollars, I have $2 million, I have five, I have $10 million, and I think I'm going to be okay. Well, how do we know that if we don't know what our income need is, what our inflationary need is, all of those things, when you have that goal and it, it's, it's very focused for you, you're going to find a lot more retirement security when you go about your retirement in that way. And I think people who are a few decades away from retirement, I mean, this is sort of an abstract concept, but when you reach into your 40s and beyond, retirement starts becoming less of an abstract concept. What is our first goal that we want to talk about? Reverse engineer it. Look at what your retirement date is. Let's say someone is 40 years old, they want to retire at 65, and they know what their income is now. Let's say they have $100,000 income right now. And if they're looking at retirement 25 years from now, all you got to do is figure out, okay, uh, my income need is going to grow. Let's figure by two and a half percent per year, all the way up to age 65. And let's just keep that going all the way through retirement. Well, you'll know what your income goal is. And then you can go to ssa.gov. You can look at what your social security statement's going to be and what your projection is for how much social security you would get at that age. Factor in what pension you're going to have, if there is any. If there's no pension, well, then that's a bigger gap that your retirement portfolio needs needs to figure on paying for. Then you can actually figure out what your lump sum is going to need by simply taking whatever your retirement income need is, multiply that by 25. And that's about what you're going to have to have in in retirement assets. And then you just break it down to, okay, if I'm going to figure on 7 or 8 or 9% or 10%, figure out what amount I need to be putting together per year. Uh, and that gets you all the way to age 65. And then you can say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have enough. And then what you'll do is when you get in your mid-50s or maybe even 60, you're going to have a dedicated retirement advisor if you don't want to hire one now. And they're going to set up your retirement income need and you're going to set up your retirement income plan so that it takes care of you throughout the rest of your life. Now, I know I went through a lot of things there, but that's really how someone that that's 40 years old can figure out what they're going to need 65 and beyond, and then actually take steps to achieve it. If we've got someone that's 60 years old and they want to retire at 65, you do the exact same thing. It's just a much shorter timeline. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said reverse engineer that. We're talking about worthwhile retirement goals to work towards in 2024. A lot of people don't think about this because it is non-financial, but I think you should always work towards the goal of improving your health in any way that you possibly can. Absolutely. If you're not going to take care of your health leading up to retirement, there might not be a long retirement to actually fund. And I know that sounds terrible and that might sound crass, but it's absolutely the truth. We got to take care of ourselves and make sure that we're going to have a body that can do the things that we want to throughout retirement. My wife got me uh, this awesome Apple watch that yeah. uh, that it shows me if I'm sitting too much at the office, it'll beep at me and say, hey, you got to get up, you got to get moving. We want to live a healthy lifestyle right now so that we can live a healthy and long life in retirement. And then then all of this retirement planning matters and we can do things that we want. We're talking about some uh, good habits here for 2024 to set you up for retirement. Next one, estimate if you meet the common sense formula for retirement security. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, that one's actually pretty simple. Is is your income greater than your living expenses? And then you'd start looking at, okay, well, what are my living expenses? I find so many people that come into my office that they say, I really don't know what I spend. And I don't really want to go through the work of getting it all together. So what we'll do is we'll look at a three-month span and not a holiday span. We're not going to look at you know October, November, December, or November, December, January. We're going to look more like January, February, March where, okay, this is how much on average you're putting on your credit cards and your debit cards and how much you're spending. And then they get me their statements uh, of their, their checking accounts and everything. We see everything that's coming in and everything that's going out. And we see that, hey, yes, we're in a better spot on income than we are on expenses. And when we figure out what their expenses are now, we figure out, okay, is there something that's going to change dramatically by the time that they get to their retirement age? Like, are we going to pay off a mortgage? I highly suggest everyone that's going into retirement, you pay off your mortgage. And then if you get into retirement, no debt, it really helps us out from the income plan standpoint. If you can't do that, that's okay. However, you're going to have to have a bigger nest egg to actually pay for that mortgage payment in retirement. Also, what you're going to do is you're going to increase that income that you need in retirement. You're going to increase it by two and a half. That's, that's a couple of things that you absolutely have to do. If you increase that by two and a half and you don't have any other large life 
changing things that you know are going to happen in the next 15 years. A couple of big things that, that you can factor in, again, is do we, are we going to pay off a mortgage? Are we going to have an inheritance that we know is going to come in? Or is there an inheritance already being received, but then there's a lump sum that's going to be later on? All of those things you have to factor in. Five worthwhile retirement goals to work towards in 2024. That's our topic here with Grant Dorhout of Dorhout Retirement Services right here in Omaha. And the next one, Grant, from a work standpoint, is to decide what type of retirement that you're really want. You got to figure out which way you want to retire. Do you want to fully retire? Do you want to say, you know what, I'm going to be done completely with work because I have me and my wife have a pension each and then we both have social security. It's going to be more money than we can actually spend. So uh, do I want to continue working just because I enjoy it? Some people do that. Some people just say, you know what, I got to have something to do. Like my dad, uh, he's 82. He'll be 83 here very soon. He's driven truck for the last 30 years. Well, he hasn't fully quit yet. He still is is trucking just a little bit, not because he really needs the money, but because he's got to have something to do. Other people, if they have good pensions and social security, they find out, well, you know what? I have churches and I have charities that I want to deal with. So I do want to retire fully and I don't want to work anymore at these jobs and I want it to be more flexible. All of those things are possible, but you have to know that you have 2,600 hours that you're going to have to fill. If you don't have enough hobbies or if you don't have enough yard work to do at your house, how are you going to fill it to make sure that you can live a healthy lifestyle? in retirement. And we're talking about the worthwhile retirement goals to work towards in 2024. The last one, you've sort of touched on it here a little bit, Grant, and that is to consider the who, what, when, where, and why of retirement. Who do you want to spend your time with? What will you do in retirement? When can you afford to retire? That's a big one. How do you figure out when Mm -hmm. you can afford to retire? Yeah, these are big things. It depends on, I have one client that just popped into my head while you were saying that. They have a a child that lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they have a child that lives in Washington. Well, two opposite ends of the the country. They got grandkids they want to see. They got kids that they want to see. So they're going to fill up a lot of their retirement with traveling back and forth there in addition to the vacations that they want to take and things like that. Someone that has that type of situation is going to have to have a more robust travel budget throughout retirement. That's a big thing is, do you have your kids living in town here? Are you going to take them on vacation? All of those things are going to impact what you want to do. Let's say I have someone that really is competitive. I just met with a gentleman last week. He's a big golfer. He golfs five days a week. That's a big expense. Now, he does it in a in a responsible way where he's not spending tons of money. However, it is a significant expense to keep your equipment up and things like that. Do we have a fisher that's listening to this program? They, they love fishing, but they need their boat and they need a specific boat. Is that going to have to be factored in? Before we can figure out when can you afford to retire? You got to figure out how do you want to live and where do you want to be and how much travel is there going to be? Where are you going to live? Are you going to live here? Are you going to live in Florida like I have several clients in Florida or Tennessee or Texas for tax reasons? All of those things are huge. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to consider that is where they're going to live. And as you said, you know, in the old days, the grandkids were around the corner. Today, in my case, I mean, we've got grandchildren that are in California, other set of grandchildren that are in Minnesota, and who knows where they're going to move next. So we need to live not only uh, in in a nice house, we also need to live near the airport because we're traveling quite a bit. We're talking with Grant Dorhout here of Dorhout Retirement Services about realistic retirement goals to set for 2024. You're listening to the program. You're not sure what your retirement goals should be. You're not sure if you're set for retirement. You're not sure about a lot of things when it comes to retirement. We're offering you a no cost, no obligation, no judgment opportunity to sit down with Grant and ask your questions to put you on a path towards a retirement that you want. Again, no cost, no obligation for this. Why wouldn't you want to get this information? You can get it by calling 402-281-0750. Leave your information there and Lisa will give you a call back on Monday and set an appointment up for you to spend just a little time with Grant in a no-tie zone, just a casual conversation at a discovery, if you will, that will help you decide when, where, why, and anything else you want to know about retirement. Again, no cost, no obligation, 402-281-0750. Give it a call this weekend, if you will. You can also request your Peace and Retirement Blueprint online at doorhoutretirementservices.com, D-O-R-H-O-U-T, retirementservices.com. Well, Grant, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time, but most of all, I want to thank our fine listeners here in the greater Omaha area for joining us. For Grant Doorhout, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. 
again. Happy 2024. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of the Retirement Blueprint right here on News Talk 1290, Coil. The opinions voiced in the Retirement Blueprint with Grant Dorhout are for general information and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Examples provided are hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Investing in an alternative investment may only be suitable for persons who are able to assume the risk of losing a portion or all of their entire investment. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not consider the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Jeff Shade and show guests are not affiliated with CWM LLC.